Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the second hour of the Colleen and Bradley show on my talk. One Oh seven one. I'm the Bradley. Colleen will be with us on Thursday. Holly is here along with Josh. Good afternoon. And you know what, you guys, uh, we just got to get right to the pizza chat. And when we do pizza chat on this program, we have to convene what we call pizza's court. Mamma mia. My talk and team Cobra present the best pizza night ever. That was the worst pizza I ever had. The pizza's court. Pizza, where's pizza? Where pizza's judged. Mmm. In court. Get it? Pizza's court. Um. Do Do I have to say this? Uh, yes. With the Honorable Judge Topner presiding. Somebody hit the audible eye roll for me, will you? Oh, jeez. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot more than your eyes rolling with this mm. particular story. Feel free to join the conversation, by the way, if you want to weigh in on whether you would stick this pie in your mouth. 651-641-1071. Here is what's on the docket today. Holly. Yes. Pizza Hut Taiwan serves up a new pizza crust studded with Parmesan topped. Wait for it. Oreos. Oreos. Oreo cookies on a pizza. That's nasty. Go ahead and push that button. That's nasty. You think it's nasty? Look, Bradley. He doesn't think it's nasty. Oreos on a pizza crust? I love Oreos. Some of my best friends are Oreo cookies. We go way back. We've got a relationship. There's a big butt coming, Simone. The butt is in the Parmesan. Oh. Why? Oh, that's where you go. Well, okay. Because it's with the it's with the flavor profile of the Parmesan. I'm not so offended <laughs> at the fact that they're on a pizza crust, and I will tell you why, Bradley. Okay. Because we have something at the Minnesota State Fair and at many fairs and carnivals across this great U.S. of A. Okay. Called a deep fried Oreo. Oh, that's true. It's a very good taste treat sensation. A very good taste treat sensation. I've had some Pizza Hut crust. Which is kind of like deep fried batter to an extent. So in that, I understand. In the Parmesan, get out of here, Pizza Hut. So you think it's the Parmesan that's going to. Well, here, let me tell you about the rest of the pizza. And then you tell me what you think of this this, uh, pizza writ large. Now, um, again, this is Pizza Hut Taiwan, so we're not going to be able to try this here because, unfortunately, Pizza Hut has decided that all the fun, exciting, uh, new and different pizza creations go to other pizza huts around the globe before they come if at all ever and usually they don't the united states so Mm -hmm. uh this pizza 
comes with a crust, and they're called, apparently it's called the number one salted chicken pizza in Taiwan, or that it is the number one salted chicken pizza. I'm going to just read the description to you because I'm very confused. Yeah. That comes studded with a crust, or a, a crust rather, that's studded with whole Oreo sandwich cookies with a melted toasted sprinkle of Parmesan cheese on each cookie. Now, in addition to the uh, dessert-like crust, which again, I'm here for. Deep fried Oreo? Yes, Hi. please. Parmesan even, like, I might even grant you that because salty sweet. It's in str- addition, in addition, I know you're not buying it. The pizza comes topped with tempura, fried squid rings, and flaming popcorn chicken, along with green onions. I would call this the kitchen sink pizza, because literally everything is on it. All it's missing is a little bit of mayonnaise, and then you would have literally everything. I don't want Bradley. I don't want my Oreos and my fried squid rings to be mingling in my mouth at the same time. I like both of them separate. I don't even want them to touch because I feel like the flavor profile of both those items of food are going to rub against each other. Okay, so I totally take your point. And again, for you, I think the first sign, and again, if you want to weigh in, and and, uh, we did get a thought on uh, Twitter from Panda who said, pizza, love. Oreos, love. Pizza and Oreos, no, no, nine. Yet. So Panda is not buying it. Neither are you. But what I will say is, when I look at this pizza, I think here's where this could be fine. You eat the, you take a slice, right? Remember the Oreo is on the crust. Yeah, we're at a party. Take a slice. Yep, take a slice. And you're like, oh, this is interesting. What's this all about? Nibble, nibble. You get the um, uh, flaming, what did I call it? Flaming popcorn chicken. You nibble some more. You get the fried squid ring. Yum. Uh, because that to me is just, uh, what do we call it? Calamari. (laughs) Calamari, right? (laughs) Uh, Some tempura and, you know, I'm loving all these things. Cheese, sauce. Okay. Okay, great. And then you're done and then your dessert is sitting on that piece of crust. So you get a little bit of dessert right on the pizza. No? Yes. I love your your optimism, Bradley. (laughs) I love that you love the idea of having your coursed out meal on one slice of pizza. I'm just trying because I think if they make it... Clearly, they've tested this such that people liked it enough to put it on the menu. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, there's got to be some brilliant uh, mind that thinks this is going to work. Well, they think it's going to work because it's a novelty. This is somebody who's like, well, geez, all right, let's look at the inventory. Okay, we got excess squid rings, Oreos, this and that. (laughs) How do we get this on the market and get people to buy this so that we can cycle through all this stuff? I got all these extras. What am I going to do? Put them on a pizza. Yeah. That's exactly how the meeting went at Pizza Hut Taiwan. (sighs) Put it on a pizza. So you're not buying it. I will say I was looking through some of Pizza Hut Taiwan's other offerings uh, somewhere else on the Internet, and they are all for eclectic pizza flavors. And, you know, when I was um, I just think about the only time that I ordered pizza in uh, not in the United States. And that's when I was in Japan for college. And I was constantly like, what? What are you putting on this pizza? And sometimes you would try it and be like, oh, my God, that's actually good. For example. Japanese people, when I was there, loved putting corn on pizza. I think that's still a thing. Turns out corn on pizza, kind of brilliant. Why? A little sweet? A little sweet, a little salty. Yum. 
So I, I guess I'm just like open to trying things, but I do, when I look at this pizza, again, if you're just joining us, we're talking about Pizza Hut Taiwan offering uh, Oreos on a pizza. It is that like sprinkle of Parmesan on top that looks kind of nasty. But why? Why Why do it? That's nasty. Why even bother? It's not going to enhance it at all. It's like you have, literally, you have extra Parmesan cheese <laughs> that's in the back of the fridge. And Pizza Hut was like, quick, we got to get rid of this before it goes bad. Oh, I know what I'm going to do. We're going to sprinkle it on an Oreo. Yeah. yeah, I also don't know. Yeah, exactly. Know, Thank Julia. you, Julia. Don't know. I also think like the crust Oreo experience, like crust and Oreo. I don't know if that goes together. Like if it was like a fried dough around the Oreo. Now, this isn't the only crust that has been enhanced by Pizza Hut Taiwan because they also have a pizza, Bradley. Okay. That's called the Hokkaido cheese seafood pe- feast pizza. And lava cheeseburger crust, all on the same thing. Okay. So what, you know, obviously, don't mind having the different (laughs) sensations touching. Yeah. just, you know, (laughs) Holly doesn't like her sensations touching. No, I don't. You loved, like, what, like, um, like the Swanson TV dinners where, like, your peas were in a little thing, and then your potatoes were in a little thing, and then your brownie was in a thing, and then sometimes your peas would get into your brownie, and you'd be like, Yeah, the brownie was corrupted. (laughs) Yeah. And it was disgusting and it would be ruined. We are like, I, I don't know. That is like, that was, that was a very big thing. Even, like, I don't like to mix things on my plate. I have a partner who like likes to mix everything on a plate. So it's just one big jumble. Okay. So maybe for your partner, this new Pizza Hut pizza would be, would be magical. It'd be wonderful. It's true. I wish we could try this. I really do. You guys wish we could try the popcorn chicken pizza with squid rings and Oreo cookies. No? Okay. We don't get nice Maybe things. we can get, maybe we can get the cafeteria to whip us up one for Cheat Day Friday. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, you can ask that. All right. When we come back, so I think the verdict is in, kids, and the verdict is... That's nasty. We're not trying it. When we come back, though, um... Oh, the kids are discovering Kate Bush, Holly. (laughs) And uh, in addition to doing your best Kate Bush impression, we'll tell you why she's so popular when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Uh, Good afternoon and welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley Show. I'm Bradley Trainer, and that's Holly Roberts. And Holly, you're going to tell us exactly why the kids are discovering Kate Bush yet again. And um, I haven't probably listened to a full Kate Bush song in more years than I care to count. Why is she so popular, Reagan? Because the kids over the weekend, Bradley, were watching the latest season of Stranger Things over on Netflix. Oh, that's right. The show, yes. Bradley, that you dropped off of after partway through the first season. I did. <laughs> did I not finish the first season? I don't think you did. I don't think I did either. I got close. I got close. Well, Because that, that one thing happened. I'm not going to tell you because spoiler alert, but... Yeah, and then that, another thing happened. Yeah, but, and then yeah, after that, but the, not all uh, the, of the situations. Yes, yeah, exactly. so Stranger Things season four, part one, dropped over uh, over the weekend on Netflix. People were real excited about it, and apparently on the show soundtrack, Bradley, they featured Kate Bush's 1985 song "Running Up That Hill," a deal with God. So, how do we know that the kids are loving it? Because that song, Bradley. Released in 1985, is currently number one on the iTunes chart. Oh wow! So they really have flocked to that song now. Yeah, they I mean, like flocked they, I, to it. I will say they have um, 
the, the music, I, you know, again, I dropped <laughs> off during the first season, but I do know that the soundtrack and the music and the, just the audio production on that show is top notch. Yeah, they've done a good job. Those folks over at Stranger you, Things. What do you think it is about that song? Because, I mean, I, I do love that song and um, I can see why they would love that individual song. But like, what is it about it that's resonating, do you think, with the kids? I think that that sound sonically, what we just listened to, Kate Bush running up that hill still resonates today that synthesizer the charging beat well that's like it's totally vintage in a way which is gross because i was there (laughs) i mean i wasn't there but like to call anything that i was around for vintage is gross honey the oldie station plays stuff that was in the 2000s hey look my oldies were like the like the dixie cups uh, from like the 1960s, like that was my old, like I loved oldies in the 80s and the 80s and the oldies, the oldies in the 80s was the 60s. Right. And now the oldies is the 80s. But the oldies is, is really the 2000s, Bradley. If we're in that. So what does that mean? That would be like the equivalent. If you like 80s music, that would be the equivalent of me listening to like big band music. Yeah. That would have been you listening uh, to Glenn Miller which, and bopping out to by that. By the way, when I watched Radio Days, I then had my love affair with uh, big band music. I, mean, I did have a big band stage. Look, everyone anyway, Holly, sing, sing, sing. So you think... <laughs> It really is that that song still resonates 40-some years later. Yeah, and the way that music has developed and the way that we consume music, kids can listen to that on Stranger Things. Sonically, it's still relevant, and then you can go on YouTube, you can go on iTunes, mm. you can go back and immediately mm. rediscover that and mm. access it in a way that time is flat. Because for you, Bradley, in the 80s, mm-hmm. if you were listening to Kate Bush as a contemporary that sounds totally different than Glenn Miller. Yeah. Like the huge sonic gulfs. This is actually, I feel like, fairly close to the okay. Olivia Rodrigo's. So basically, I was even weirder in the <laughs> 80s than any kid who enjoyed, and by kid, I mean, you know, anybody in their like 20s on down uh, who's watching Stranger Things. Like you're saying, they can relate to this music in a way uh, because just because you have, you can be exposed to so much more music and sonically music really hasn't evolved as as much as music evolved from the 1940s say until yeah the 1980s right but i mean you had a mix of technology from the 1940s to the 1980s i mean think about how tech we had we went from vinyl records to cds in the night, in yeah. that forty-year time, yeah. it really was like a sort of atomic evolution. Yeah, and now, and I have listened to more thoughtful, more intelligent individuals talk about this phenomenon. Yes, I don't mean that we're not. I'm just saying, like people that I know are far more educated on the issue than I am. Yes, talked have talked about how music has not evolved as quickly in the age of everything being trapped on uh, social media and available for people to listen with the click of a button. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, so for these people probably, you know, who have made Kate Bush's running up that hill number one again over 40, no, not quite 40 years after the release of that song, it doesn't really matter to them. They just hear this on, they hear this song, they're exposed to it, they never heard of it before. Then they're curious about it and then they make it number one. And apparently this isn't the first time that Stranger Things has helped revive a song. What else have they revived? They revived the never-ending story uh, theme song uh, and uh, uh, and the movie, the never-ending story <laughs> from the guy from Kajagoogoo. Every time. I didn't swear. Hush, hush. I do I, isn't that Kajagoogoo? Yes. I do I. Hush, hush. I don't even know what it is, but I love that song. Yes. Um. And Falcor, I always think of my my dog as Falcor, which oh, yes. she gets her haircut because she kind of looks like Falcor. Um, okay, that is interesting. I did not know that about uh, the Never Ending Story, and also that movie just gives me the tingles. I need to go back and watch this series and finish really Stranger Things. I think because I think I would probably get a lot of nostalgia tingles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's one of those things, kind of like what we talked about last hour with Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, where Stranger Things has enough, even if you don't want your nostalgia tickled. It stands alone as a good story, yeah. and it's told really well. Yep. But then also you have that emotional attachment. If you were a child of the 80s and you had a Gizmo doll and a Garfield phone, you're like, yep. oh, okay, I like these tingles. Yeah, This makes me feel nice. One thing I will say just really quickly is I think I appreciate that they have been thoughtful about the way they present the 80s uh, versus some other sort of depictions which sanitized you know that that experience so yeah all right awesome thank you holly for that update and when we come back we have a couple celebrities behaving badly what do we call them holly <laughs> to the d-bags right here on my talk 1071 welcome back to the only place where we like to put all of the celebrities who behave badly into an entire segment and tell you about them in fact we call it Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Yes. Hey, Bradley. Yeah. Hey, Holly. What's going on? Um, mm-hmm. who, who who's your D-bag today? Oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yes. No. Uh, Samantha Markle. Uh oh. Do you remember Samantha Markle? Unfortunately, <laughs> you know. Unfortunately, who is she again? She is the half sister of Meghan Markle. Indeed. Mm-hmm. As I choke on my oatmeal. Indeed, she is. I was eating during the break. I'm not eating it right now. Thank you for but clarifying. It's still a whole grain, and sometimes it sticks in my throat. Samantha Markle is, in fact, the half sister of Meghan Markle. Meghan Markle, of course, one half of the Sussex family. That is the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, she being uh, the Duchess. And uh, she, that is Samantha Markle, is still yapping about how much she dislikes her se- uh, half sister. Still? Yeah, and do you know what context that story came to us in? Oh, let me guess. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, going to put a, a envelope up to my head. Okay. Creston. And, yeah, the Daily Mail. Yep, the Daily Mail oh! and uh, Page Six and everybody else because Meghan Markle's half-sister, Samantha, is talking crap about Meghan Markle vis-a-vis the stroke that her dad just had. So their their father, uh, Thomas Markle, has now left the hospital after five days following a stroke. 
And, you know, the Daily Mail, as they do, because they are obsessed with the family drama between (laughs) the Markles and the Markles. Yes, and one would say that not only they're obsessed, but they're also a root cause. Yeah, they're they're the trolls. Yeah, they're They're the the trolls. trolls. Mm. So the Daily Mail spoke with Thomas's uh, Thomas Jr. That's uh, father Thomas's son. So one of the son, also uh, Meghan Markle's half brother, mm-hmm. and her half sister Samantha, and they contacted them to see how they felt about. And you just know. You just know when the Daily Mail shows up on your phone and your last name is Markle and it's not Megan, that you're supposed to talk crap about Megan. That's what the Daily Mail wants. Of right? course. So um, they talked to, to Thomas and he says, you know, sort of blandly, I'll be here for my dad and do whatever it takes to help him on his blah, 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 blah. Kind of typical what you would expect following your dad suffering a stroke. Well, then they talked to Samantha Markle. Oh, great. Who tells the Daily Mail, quote, He just needs some rest. It's a travesty how much he's been tortured and how much he's had to go through thanks to my sister Megan's disregard for him the past few years. That is unforgivable. Wow, way to get that in, Samantha Markle. Just way to shoehorn in the continued manufactured familial drama that you're shilling to the Daily Mail. Your father just had a stroke. How do you feel? Well, my sister's been a jerk for the past couple of years. Yeah, so like, let me just like I laughed because it's just so absurd. Yeah. Like you, you can't find some grace for another family member to not include because it's not like they said, "Hey, Samantha, what do you think of Meghan Markle now that your dad had a stroke or something?" Right? Like <laughs> right. even that would just be like, "What are you doing?" That right? would but be crass. That yes. would be crass. But <laughs> they're just like, "What do you have to say?" I don't like Meghan. Like. Okay, but what do you feel about your dad having had a stroke and now being on the mend? She like just showed up to do the thing that Samantha Markle always does, which is to carp about her sister. Uh-huh. Right. And she's doing it to the Daily Mail. Now I want to look at this to see if this was an exclusive, but uh I'm only imagining that It doesn't she... it do- Oh, no, it is an exclusive. If you look at the original, I think what uh-huh. you're looking at is the page 6, but if you mm-hmm. go to the original, Daily Mail exclusive. Megan's father, Thomas, suffers stroke and is receiving emergency treatment. And in that story, uh, they later caught up to, uh, or I should say, of that story, they later caught up to Megan. So the moral of this story is the Daily Mail knows exactly what they're doing, trolling uh, Megan Markle yet again, who has not asked for any of this. And I'm sure is t- like just traumatized by the fact that her father had a stroke and she's probably not in contact with him. Now, he was brought to the United States, I think, San Diego following his stroke, because, you know, he's been living his retired life in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was brought to the United States for treatment. And I don't know if he went back to Mexico or not. But you'd imagine, like, despite the fact that they have a contentious relationship, which I think, unfortunately, was exacerbated by the media itself. Long story short, read uh, the Palace Papers by Tina Brown, because I think you'll get some interesting insights on their relationship. She still has feelings. It's her father. Right. So even if they don't have a day-to-day relationship, she's obviously, like, why Why do we need to then find headlines to attack her while her father is recovering from, you know, a near-death experience? So what I'm understanding, Bradley, is that perhaps the true D-bag, there are many multiple D-bags in this story. Not only is it Samantha Markle 
inserting a conversation about her sister Megan into the story. But it's also the Daily Mail itself for perpetuating these headlines and giving people like Samantha Markle an opportunity to platform their position for trolling purposes. <laughs> Who's your D-bag, Holly? Uh, footy fans. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Um... You just said some words that don't make any sense to me. Footy fans. What does that mean? Footy fans, Bradley. Is that a a website like OnlyFans for feet? Uh, I'm not going to try to type that into my Chrome browser this afternoon. Oh, do you mean like soccer? Yes, like soccer fans. (laughs) So footy fans, I was like, is this some kind of foot fetish website? I got no beef against foot fetish folks if you're doing it in a consensual way. No, I am talking about soccer fans, Bradley, and what they did over the weekend to Camila Cabello. Oh, what happened? Right. So Camila Cabello, she's out there doing her thing. Well, she just released a new album. She hasn't been trotting out the Shawn Mendes publationship angle to get some press, so good on her for that. But Camila Cabello out there promoting a new album by kicking off the um, Champion League's final in France. Now, the Champions League, Bradley, yep. is a big to-do in the world of soccer. Didn't know that, but I trust you. Uh, and this is kind of like performing at a Super Bowl-level event okay. for football. Yeah. Yeah. So, Camila Cabello out there for the opening performance for the Champions League final this week. Okay. And it's what footy fans did to Camila Cabello that I'm calling them my D-bags of the day. What did they do to her? They apparently, while she was performing, uh. fans were singing their team's anthems loudly over her performance oh. to the point where you could barely even hear Camila Cabello oh, They were perform. not giving Camila her due. Exactly. Now, they were drowning out the sound of her six-minute opener because she got out there, she kicked, she stretched, she sang, but barely anyone could hear it because these soccer fans were singing and yelling over her. They they did not appreciate uh, Camila Cabello's renditions. No. You know, this is interesting because I wonder if she even knew that that was the case because you know how like when you're singing to a large group... Like, she's probably got things in her ears, and she's, like, so focused on her, and it's hard to hear the crowd. So I wonder if maybe she didn't even know. Well, she noticed Bradley soon after the performance was done, so it got a little awkward. She tweeted in some now-since-deleted tweets because somebody told... Oh, she got salty. (laughs) She got... Well... Here's what she had to say, Camila Cabello. She tweeted out after her performance, very rude, but whatever... (laughs) <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> but I'm glad you guys loved it. She went on to add five minutes later, later, Camila Cabello on Twitter, playing back our performance. And I can't believe people who were singing their team's anthem so loud during our performance. Like my team and I worked tirelessly for so long to bring right vibes and give a good show. Yeah, it's understandable that you would be ticked off, right? Yeah. But she deleted them. Yeah. Somebody on her team was like, well... Here's the deal, Camilla. Don't clap back at these trolls. We all know what happened, and we probably heard what happened. Don't give them the time of day. Yeah, Haters going to hate, etc. Well, and again, you know, sometimes, I don't know. This is just like an ongoing battle that I feel like we've long since lost, Holly. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> it's best not to feed the trolls. Yeah, don't feed the trolls. But at the Mm-mm. same time, she's a grown-ass woman, and if she's going to have a moment, she's allowed to have a moment. Right. Well, and I understand having a moment. She put on quite a spectacular performance 
for people to enjoy. And you put in a lot of work in that. And there's a lot of people who are involved in a performance like that. And that just have people be unappreciative about it. Yeah, you could get a little petulant. You'd be like, come on, guys. Come on. Knock it off. Yeah, that's not nice. Jeez, it's not nice. Uh, that would be really, really frustrating. I'm glad for her, though. She got it out. She mm-hmm. moved on. Yeah. Then, then it was deleted yeah. by her management. And yeah. they're like, honey, you got to focus on being the judge for The Voice. Okay. I believe that Camille Cabello is going to be a judge on The Voice shortly. All right. Well, She's kicking stay tuned. Thank you for that D-bag, Holly. Yeah. So from D-bags to, oh, look, another D-bag. We've got more for you because the celebrities won't stop behaving badly. And we've got some breaking news from the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial when we return right here on My Talk 1071. Welcome back to the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. We're streaming live and doing stuff. And don't forget to download our app if you haven't because you can get great listener rewards and you can listen to all of our shows and the podcast. There's tons of stuff over there. Now, Holly, Bradley, we have a lot of extra D-bag today, so I thought we could do another one of these. Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. And with a special bonus, we've also got some breaking news in the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. Now, the, the jury has not reached a decision. Spoiler alert, but Thank there you. is breaking news. All right, what's the breaking news? And then we'll get to our uh, heap and help and event leftovers. Well, the breaking news, Bradley, this afternoon is that, yes, the jury continues their deliberations in this case, but the jury has come to the judge with a question. And oh, the question... Okay. What's the question? That the jury is asking is a little clarification. They want a little clarification on a question. The question was whether they found the jury, the headline of the op-ed that Amber Heard wrote, which read, I spoke up against sexual violence and I faced our culture's wrath. Now, the jury wants clarification. They're asking if that question related to just the headline itself or the entire op-ed. So they're going through this with a fine-tooth comb. So are they saying, does the defamation apply to just the headline or the entire article? Is that what they're asking? That's what they're asking. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's interesting. That would say to your point that they are going through this with a fine-tooth comb, which means uh, perhaps we're not going to get a verdict by the end of the day. Or maybe, I, I don't know. I Honestly, jury deliberations are so sort of cloudy in terms yeah. of what you can expect. And I would imagine in a case like this, it's not typical. So I don't know. What I'm saying is I don't know what's going to happen, but thank you nonetheless for that update. Yes. And we will keep you abreast here on the Colleen and Bradley show. And then, of course, uh, for the rest of the day through uh, Lori and Julia, if there's any breaking news, we will bring that to you in the Amber Heard Johnny Depp case. Now, should we get back to D-Bags? Oh, yes. Um, I have a leftover and uh, that person is named Sharna Burgess. Oh, not Sharna Burgess. Now, this is a fun D-bag story. I mean, you know, like sometimes D-bags are like, oh, look at this assault charge that has been levied against this actor. It gets heavy sometimes. It's not heavy. It's very light. Wonderful. Sharna Burgess is setting the record straight. She addresses, quote, the insane rumor she's not living with Brian Austin Green. Very confused. What? Do you mean she's not living with her significant other? Well, on an Instagram story on Sunday, now, Sharna Burgess, of course, is the other half of a publication we like to call. Do you remember? Oh. I know it's hard because oh. sometimes the names are weird. Because it's Sharna na- Burgess and Brian Austin Green. Burgess? Like Burgess Meredith? No, I do like Burgess <laughs> Meredith. Uh, TV's the Penguin. Um, 
I don't honestly remember. Brarna. That's right, Brarna, because his nickname is just Bag Brian Austin Green. Yeah, so Brian and Sharna, Barna. Barna. Uh, so Brarna is a thing, and Sharna was on her insties on Sunday opening up about her decision to purchase a new home. It has nothing to do with her relationship to Brian Austin Green, you guys. Quote, I've been looking at properties again today. Brian's been coming with me, which is amazing. But I had a bunch of people. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Wildly asking me why Brian and I aren't living together and why I'm buying a new house. So insane. I sold my house because... I made amazing money on it because the market is so incredible and I'm buying a house because my mom is moving over here and I'm buying somewhere for her to live and also invest. Is that not obvious? First of all, is it not obvious that Brian and I live together? And what is so scary about buying a house you don't live in? I don't get it. I was confused. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That seems really intense. Woo, girl. Calm like, yourself. For people suggesting they're not living together. Also, Holly. Yeah, Bradley. <laughs> does it not <laughs> seem like kind of a humble brag? Um, yes. It absolutely seems like a humble brag because the question that was being asked of you, Sharna Burgess, simply was, are you and Brian Austin Green not living together? Yeah. And you could simply ask, well. Or answer, no. Or, or yes. None your business. None you. <laughs> yeah, simple answers for a simple question. Instead, she goes on this diatribe about how she's playing the real estate market and all these things that I don't, I don't even know what I just learned. I learned too much. I um, learned too much about her. Yeah, like I guess what she's saying is, yeah, we live together, but also I'm buying a house because I got a lot of money and investment properties. I'm smart. I'm investing. All, like, so it's just like, <laughs> great. I'm glad you're buying yeah, an yeah. investment property. That's Most wonderful. people don't care. Just say... No. No, we're living together, but I'm buying this house as a rental or my mom. I'm buying this like Like, we're none yet or just don't respond. Also, Sharna Burgess, being a real estate investor in this world of celebrity is not necessarily in this way is not necessarily the flex. I think that she thinks it is. Tell me more. Because a lot of celebrities also invest in real estate very heavily okay yeah i believe including but not limited to i think at one point in time Kristen bell and dax shepherd owned a whole apartment complex mm. and but, arnold schwarzenegger like owns shopping malls yeah well and other celebrities own all sorts of investment yeah things i mean look at ellen degeneres and her real estate portfolio. oh my god ellen degeneres real estate portfolio has to be 
you know, probably one of the largest in terms of celebrities who own stuff. Exactly. In, in the universe. Yeah. So, you know, it also shows like, okay, so Sharna Burgess, she's a professional dancer. We got to know her on Dancing with the Stars. We know her in her publationship with Brian Austin Green. Maybe she's C-list? Yeah. At its height. But putting herself out there as a real estate girl boss, I know we're, that, that word is being phrased, <laughs> phased, is being phased out. We don't like to use maybe it she's, anymore. Maybe she's, you know, uh, hoofing for a, a reality show called C-list uh, re- property reality people. Why not? I don't know. There's a better term there. We'll workshop it. Yeah. Others, uh, it has been proven that real estate reality shows are very popular. Oh, Selling Sunset. Yeah, that show is huge. People there have become mm, relative household names if you get, like, you know, the tabloids on a daily basis. It's kind of that thing I think you're you're hinting at that I think of, like, everybody wants, um, uh, like, a home renovation show. Yes. Like, everybody thinks that they could do a show. Right. Like, oh, my aunt and I... We've been rehabbing homes for 20 years. We would be great. It's kind of like the celebrity equivalent of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Like everybody thinks they can do it, yeah. you know, because they have, you know, done this thing. Yeah. Just because your cousin patched up your drywall in the laundry room one time <laughs> does not make for a home renovation yeah. show. But there is a certain segment of reality uh, celebrity that is slowly moving their way into the world of real estate as a as an actual career, as a flex, as a launching pad for more reality television. I'm looking. Remember Heidi Montag? We talked about her a couple weeks ago. Yeah, she said she's working for her real estate license while eating uh, raw liver. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, Kendra Wilkinson from the Girls oh, Next gosh. Door. She's tried to parlay a, a career in real estate into some kind of reality television online celebrity experience. Oh my god, this is just like <laughs> one big goop parade. Yeah. Right? Like it's sort of like the goopification of like celebrity home renovation. Well, I'm surprised did we get did we not get Bradley? And I I might just be making something up because it seems like Feel free. if it hasn't happened yet, then why hasn't it? Why aren't we getting the Jersey Shore Reno show? I do feel like, I, why do I feel like Snooki and uh, Jay Wow did something like that? Yeah, and I'm going to pitch them a show. We're going to call it Jersey Shore Reno and Reno. We're going <laughs> to we're going to send the Jersey Shore kids to Reno, Nevada, where they're going to go and redevelop real estate. That's all. Again, we have nobody to thank but Paris Hilton because that sounds very. Um, what was the name of that show? The Simple Life. Simple Life. Yeah. You know, sending the Jersey Shore cast out to Reno. Right. But this is the next iteration of this kind of celebrity. If you were a celebrity from reality television 20 years ago and your name is not Paris Hilton, then how do you keep yourself relevant? Well, yeah, I'm going to sell houses. It's super easy. When in fact it's not. And there's well, a reason people, why people are professionals. Yeah. To your point. I mean, I think what happens is when you see success very often, you think, oh, I want some of that. I could do that. I mean, I've done... So-. And you don't see what it actually took those who are successful to get to that point. Right. Um, and it's not to say that no one else can do that thing. And it's kind of like true crime. Like, a couple people did it really well, and then everybody's going to do it! And, you know, suddenly you have, like, you know, your friend Barb down the street in a basement talking about grisly murders, like, at, you know, 
two in the morning, uh, like on instant coffee. Yeah. Right. She's She's got the board with the red string. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And who knows? Maybe Barb is great and she's going to go on to have like a six figure net or seven figure Netflix deal. I mean, it's entirely possible. What I'm saying is you can understand why people see someone get successful in that realm. And in this case, it would be real estate and then think, hey, I've got a little bit of celebrity. I've got a little bit of experience. So maybe that's what Sharna Burgess is actually doing by, you know, talking about buying her investment properties. Well, I await to be delighted by (laughs) Sharna Burgess's um, budding real estate career. This fall on HGTV.